and the wicked spirits in high places. Lord, I render them harmless and ineffective against us today, Lord. And we loose hearing ears to hear what you're going to say to us today. Lord, I ask you to open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts to receive the Word of God, to be changed, Lord God, to be transformed into your image, Lord. Let this Word go forth and be in fertile soil. I know it's been watered, and I know it's been tilled, and I know it's fertile, I know it's ready to receive this seed. So we do receive it right now in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. See, I I don't believe that you have to go to the doctor to get free from depression. I don't believe that you have to go to the doctor to get free from anxiety. You know, there's a lot of times that, you know, we go to the doctor and we say, well, you know, it's stress. Let me give you some pills. Let me, let me give you something that'll, that'll, that'll get you numb, get you over it. You know, and we begin to look at that. And, and this is the second part. This is the, the second part of part two on living a stress-free life. And we'll have that available to you for you in, in, in a few weeks if you want to purchase that or give a donation and, and you can have it. It'll help set you free. There's some things that we're learning that's really going to set us free. See, the Bible has the answers for us to be set free. Amen? Jesus wants to set us free, doesn't he? He wants to deliver us. He wants to heal us. He wants to set us free. So how do we, how do we overcome or how do we have a stress-free life? I mean, that seems like something that's way out there. It seems like something that can't be obtained, that, that, that we have to realize that all things are possible. Say all things are possible. And the Bible says to those who believe, are you a believer? Amen? Say, I'm a believer. Now, this isn't a monkey song from back in whatever it was. I'm a believer. I guess I'm showing my age, amen? But, but the Word of God says we've got to believe We've got to be a believer. And I'm a believer. And I, I believe that we can, we can have and live a stress-free life, even though there's some things that take place. First of all, I want to give you a definition of living stress-free, what it means. The definition of stress, it's a, it means pressure. The definition of stress is pressure. It can mean agitation. When you look at it, it means a heavy weight of difficulty. Anybody ever been bogged down and had a heavy weight of difficulty? Been hard to do something. I remember one time I, I went to the, to the dentist and, uh, and you know, they were going to do x-rays. And, and I was sitting there and they said, we're just going to cover you up with this thing. Anybody know about those lead blankets they cover you up with? It's like, poof. I was like, <laughs> you can't talk real well because they got something in your mouth and then they throw this big heavy weight on you, you know? It's like, you know, it's, so it's, it's a heavy weight of difficulty. That's what stress is. We took a look at not only the definition of stress, but the signs of stress. We know that the signs of stress are forgetfulness. Sometimes it's not old age. Come on. It's forgetfulness. You can have a temper. How about cr- chronic fatigue? Anybody just seem to be tired all the time? Yeah, how about cynicism? That's a, that's a sign of, of stress. How about negative or a critical attitude? That can be a sign of stress that we've talked about. Helplessness. Anybody ever felt that there's just no help? There's been times in my life I was like, oh man, I don't know if anybody can help me. Feeling like a failure. Feeling boxed in. Feeling like you're on a treadmill oh, going over and over and over and doing nothing. You know, going nowhere. You know, I'm not putting down treadmills. I don't use one, so... How about a constant illness? Sometimes if you have a lot of stress, you're constantly ill. You worry about things and there's sickness that can attach itself to your body. If you have frequent headaches all the time, they're, they're, you know, headaches can, can be a, a sign of, of stress. Tension. You know, there's a lot of times you can have a lot of tension. That can be a sign of stress. Migraines. High blood pressure. Some, you know, we deal with a lot of high blood pressure sometimes and and, and that can be a sign. Allergies. I mean, oftentimes allergies 
can be a sign of stress. It's not always, but that can be part of it. We also looked at the causes of stress. We know that stress can come from a lot of different places, a lot of different things, but we really narrowed it down to two things. Number one, the enemy can bring stress, right? So we know that one of the causes of stress is enemy. And another thing that we talked about was an unsurrendered soul. You're not surrendering your soul. Your soul is what? Your soul is what? Your mind, will, and emotions. Come on, y'all. Your soul is what? And that's your soulish nature. We, we don't surrender our soul to God. We, we do what we want to do. How many of you do what you want to? There's a lot of times we do that. You know, I'm going to have this. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this just because it's going to make me feel better. It's going to make your soul feel better. It's going to be better for you, but it's not going to be better in the long run. So we realize that an enemy, not only the enemy, can be a cause of stress or reason for stress, but also an unsurrendered soul. I want my way. I mean, I've seen people throw fits. It didn't look good on them as a kid, let alone an adult. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. I mean, we've thrown some fits. I think sometimes, I think back years back and thought, man, I must have looked terrible. 27-year-old throwing a bit. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you know, you know. You know, and I'm thinking, man, it didn't look good on me. didn't look good on me when I was a kid either. Amen? So what do we need to do? What do we need to do to deal a, a death blow to this thing called stress? How do we deal a death blow? And that's what we started Wednesday night, and I just want to pick up there. We, we deal a death blow to stress. Number one is identify the enemy. You've got to identify the enemy. You've got to realize, hey, this is, this is coming from him. This is coming from him, and I've got to, I've got to deal with this. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Whew! I want some of that abundant living, don't you? You know, but we've got to realize that if it's stealing, killing, or destroying... It's coming from the enemy. Listen to me now. Now, I don't want some of you to think, well, wait a minute, God destroys some stuff. Because in Jeremiah 1, he says that we're to root up, tear down, and throw down, and destroy some things. He's not talking about the bad things in your life. God's wanting to destroy that bad stuff in your life. Amen? Amen. He's wanting to do away with that. So we have to understand and realize we have to identify the enemy. There's a scripture in, in Psalms, and it talks about putting the net in the full view of the birds. You know, and there's times where the enemy, you know, he'll put it right in full view. And we'll still go into it, won't we? Anybody ever walked into a cobweb? You know, them things will jump on you. Them things are nasty. You know, they jump on you. And, but there's sometimes when we've got to look and say, oop, I see that. And I'm walking around that. Or I'm going to get a broom and clean that thing out. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, we have to understand that, that we have to realize that we have to identify if it's stealing, killing, and destroying it's from the enemy, and the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. He doesn't want you to live a prosperous life. He wants you to continue to be broke, busted, and disgusted. I got news for him. We're getting out of debt. Amen? And those of you that may have um, some debt deliverance, we're going to take care of that next week, okay? So you just save your shredinator stuff for next week, and we'll get to you. We haven't forgot you. We'll get to you, and we'll let you shred those bills. Amen? But see, we have to understand, and I, I want to I give... Hmm... I want you to know how serious this is, that we need to get out of debt. 
We have got to get out of debt, church. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. And I'm telling you, in 10, 12, 15 years, I don't know exactly time, but there's some things that are going to shake. And if you're not in the financial position that you need to be in, don't blame this church, don't blame me, and surely don't blame God. Amen? Because we're going to bring the tools to you to tell you to get out of debt. In other words, what I'm saying is that we're hearing through the body of Christ that there's warnings coming out, that we've got to get our people out of debt. You've got to get financially stable. You've got to get your feet on the solid rock as far as your finances are concerned. Amen? Now you take that and you let that just, you see law, you think about that, you let that just get inside you and, and, and just begin to grow inside you because that's what we're going after. We've got to continue to do that. See, we've, we know that the enemy brings on stress. And we know that not only brings on stress, but we've got to learn, number one, how he operates, and we've got to identify, okay, I know why this is happening. I know what this has taken place. It's a test. Come on. I've got to get through this because I know that I can overcome this. Say, I'm an overcomer. (laughs) See, we have to realize that the world teaches us how to cope. I'm not going to teach you how to cope for stress. Okay? I'm not going to teach you that. We want to demolish stress. I'm not talking about having to manage it. I'm not talking about taking some pills and trying to get through it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about totally destroying or destruction of stress. Amen? And and we're going to look at that. So we realize and understand that. The second thing we talked about was, you have to know that you're going to have trouble at times. There are going to be troubled times. John 16, 33, Jesus himself said, in this world there will be trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I don't know about you, but that's good news. When I read that, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. He's overcome the world, but you know what? If, If everything has happened and he's overcome everything, then our life ought to be great, right? We think that, but that's not the case, is it? And we know through many times in the different scriptures that we're going to have trials and tribulations. James himself talks about it. We're going to have various trials, various tribulations. Uh, Psalms thirty-four nineteen, I think, said, A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen? So if you're a righteous person, you're going to have some troubles. You're going to have some trials. We've got to know that we'll have trouble. Turn with me in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 4. And I want us to look at verses 12 through 13. Because I kind of stopped there on Wednesday night. And I want to just pick back up where we were at. But I wanted to kind of give you an overview. We need to deal a death blow to stress. We need to identify the enemy. And number two, we need to know that we will have trouble at times. See, the world system always tries to bring you to trouble. It will lead you to trouble. You can get in the world system. It's going to bring stress in your life. But how many of you realize that when you operate in God's system, God's system always, listen, God's system always wants to deliver you out. Just like Jesus is a builder. He wants to build you up. Amen? You've got to tear some stuff down that's not of God, but when it's of God and it's purified like pure gold, Jesus says, now we're going to build. And we're going to continue to build upon that solid foundation upon the rock of Jesus Christ. So God's system always wants to build us up. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Peter says, Dear friends, do not be, dis- dis- do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. Anybody relate with Peter yet? <laughs> 
as though it were something strange were happening to you. He's like, so many times, and we talked about it Wednesday night, it's like, man, it's something strange. Something freaky's going on here, and I don't understand it. I can't, I don't understand it. What's going on? It's weird. Things are weird. And what's happening? It's strange. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. These things aren't supposed to happen. I don't understand it. Anybody ever been there? Why is it happening to me? Why is it not happening to her? should be happening to her. God, don't you see her life? It's weird. It's weird. I'll really show my age. There's a guy by the name of Rod Sterling, and it was a show called The Twilight Zone. Well, he was from upstate New York, where not far from where I was born, Syracuse, New York. And then, I mean, that show was big. I mean, that, that was a weird show. I still remember one episode where the kid was laying in bed and rolled over and went through the wall into another dimension. And now I read the Word of God, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, maybe it wasn't that weird. Huh? I'm like, oh, man. But there's, we got to realize that Peter says, it, it, it's not, it, you think it's something strange happening to you. But look what he says. But rejoice that you may participate in the sufferings of Christ. Why? So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Amen? So I want to be overjoyed when the glory of God is revealed. I mean, God wants to bring us into a place of glory. You know, there's a lot of definitions for glory. You know, the weightiness of, of God, the kabod of God. There's, there's, there's a lot of definitions. But one of them is in Genesis where, where God said, where, where Moses said, I, I, show me your glory. And God said, I'll show you my goodness. The goodness of God is also the glory of God. And, and the goodness of God, I, I want the goodness of God in my life. You know what I want? I want the goodness of God on your life. So we have to realize and understand that the world system is going to try to bring us trouble, but God's system is going to bring me out. Say, God's system is going to bring me out. Say that. What system is going to bring you out? What system? God's system is going to bring you out. It's the system of God. It's, the, it's God's way of, of doing business. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Let me just read this to you. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. For when you are tempted, he is also providing a way out. Why? So you can stand up under it. So when the temptation comes, there is temptation that's going to come. I don't care how godly you think you are. There are some temptations that's going to come to you this week. Amen? But God says, I'm going to provide a way out. You're not going to be tempted beyond what you can handle. You obviously can handle it. I've had some people that say, man, I'm going through this. And I say, obviously, you can handle it. And they're like, what? I said, obviously, you're designed to handle it. It's happening. You can handle it. It's happening to you and not her because you can handle it. And obviously, she can't yet. So you can handle it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can handle it. I mean, you can handle it, and we've got to realize that, hey, I can handle this thing. I can do this thing. I can get through this thing. I can overcome this thing. I can continue to speak to that mountain, and that mountain is to be moved in the name of Jesus. Okay? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. I want us to look at, um, oh, chapter 4. And I want us to just to look at some things, because this has been a, a foundational scripture that we've looked at. And it's got an example, you know, Paul, what a great man of faith Paul was. And he had been through a whole lot of different stuff. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's look at verses 8 and 9. I really like to start the whole thing, but we're going to start off at verse 8. Paul says, we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Can I get an amen? Amen. Anybody been hard-pressed on every side? Anybody got some pressure in their house? I mean, got some pressure coming down on me. There's a lot of pressure on me. It's a whole situation of just pressure. I'm just under pressure. Anybody been under pressure? Obviously, Paul was under pressure. He said, not only am I hard-pressed on every side. Oh, by the way, I'm not crushed. (laughs) It ain't over. In other words, there's some pressure here, but I got a little pressure valve to open up the pressure and relieve some pressure. I kind of look at this scripture, and the the Lord gave gave me a real neat, illustrated sermon. But every time he says, I'm hard-pressed on every side, but not in despair. You know, there's many times where, oh, I I play cards. Rachel and I play cards, and Joel. And and I like to play spades. Anybody ever played spades? And don't you have some Trump that sits back there? It's a Trump suit, you know what I mean? And it's really neat because all of a sudden you can play out some Trump and change the whole aspect of the hand i like to have a real iffy hand not a real good hand not a real bad hand and then i like to just try to get the most i can out of it so you just kind of sandbag them into overbidding (laughs) and they say i'll go six and i'll go is that all well i'll go seven is that all i'll go eight nine there you go now i got you See, but it's, and what I want you to look at, when we look at this scripture, let's look at the trump card that's being played. Boom. He said, I'm hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Are you with me? Let's look at this trump card as, as it's being played. He said, I'm pers- perplexed. There's a trump card, but not in despair. I'm persecuted. Trump card, but not abandoned. Say, I'm not abandoned. Jesus is with me. He'll never leave me, nor forsake me. The only way for me to miss him is to walk away. I'm not walking away because Jesus is with me. So we're not abandoned. We are not abandoned. You see the trump card in there? It's all of a sudden it's like, I got you. I'm hard-pressed on every side. Boom. Got you. But I'm not crushed. He said, I'm perplexed. Boom. I'm not in despair. Excuse me. Isn't it kind of neat when you play and you're the last person to play? And the person that's played that, you know, especially when they lead out with like an ace and you got no, none of that suit. And you see the big grin on their face. <laughs> and you get done and you go, oh, sorry. And they go, <gasps> come on, somebody. That's the way the enemy looks every time that you do what the word of God tells you to do in a situation. He's over there going, ah, I got her. I got her. And she goes, boom. He goes, oh, I guess I don't have her. But I'll get her on this next one because I'm going to make sure that she understands and realizes that she's persecuted. And then she plays the trump card, but she's not abandoned. Amen? And then he says, well, you know what? I'm going to strike her down. Strike her down. That's what he did to Job. 
strike her down. And then guess what? Job played a trump card. Boom. He wasn't destroyed. It's, a, it's really an interesting chapter when you, or book when you read in Job. You really got to read it and understand the cross and realize the New Testament when you talk about that because, you know, it's like, man, Job repented. It was some pride that came in. But God restored. And he stood on faith. And, and we have to understand that and realize, see, that you might be struck down, but you're not destroyed. We might get knocked down, but, excuse me, I'm coming back. Oh, no, you don't understand. I mean, you might have been thrown in jail for whatever it might have been, but God says, no, no, you might get struck down, but you're not destroyed. So you get out, you get it cleaned up, you get out from behind bars, amen? You start living for the things of God and doing what God wants you to do. Come on, somebody, hello? Amen. You know, maybe there ain't been too many of y'all folk behind bars. You may not have been behind them physically, but you've been behind them spiritually. There's been some things that have held you captive, and that's what he's talking about. So if we're talking about eliminating stress, we've got to understand that pressure or stress is designed by the devil, listen, to put you into a place where you make a bad decision. That's the whole reason for it. And we talked about Wednesday night. That if it that if it's if it's Satan pushes and God leads, that if it's a pushy situation, God's going to lead you into a situation. There may be pressure in that situation, but you got to do it now. Got to do it right now, right now, right now, right now. Call now. Call now. Get your credit card. Do it right now. Hurry. The next thirty minutes, you get an extra gift. <laughs> Try calling them an hour and a half later and go. I know this was thirty minutes, but can I have that extra gift? They'll give it to you. They're just trying to pressure you into it. Come on, somebody. Satan pushes and God leads. Decisions govern our lives. How you make decisions, decisions you make, will form what's going to happen in five years from now. Listen to me. You can make a decision to follow after Christ right now, today, wholeheartedly. Go after the things of God, and it's going to show up five years from now. It will. You'll be living and working and having the things of God manifest in your life. Just show up. It's like, wow, there it is. Praise God. See, stress and pressure is designed by Satan to push you into making a bad decision. Push you into making a bad decision. A lot of times people make decisions to tithe. And we talked a little bit about that Wednesday night. You make a decision to tithe and everything seems to break down. You got more pressure. But see, when I made a decision to tithe, and it didn't matter what else was going on in my life, I was giving God my tithe. You're not giving it to me. Well, you're giving it to the church. You're giving it to God. He uses us to distribute it, to be good stewards of it. I pray that you're seeing the fruits of that. You're sitting in the fruits of that. Amen? So we begin to look at this, and we begin to understand that. So those of you that are not tithing, you're going to have pressure, and you will probably have financial pressure when you make a decision that I'm tithing no matter what. I know people that have tithed, lost their job two weeks later. The story is, two years later, they, they still continued to tithe. They didn't give it up. They, they went out and did whatever they had to do. Two years later, they were in a better position than they were at that time. Say, God's got a way. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got a way. Just trust him. 
Just tell them to trust him. See, we've got to trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen? So let's take a look at this thing. Let's take a look at how we get delivered out of this pressure, how we get delivered out of stress. And that comes to number three. Number three is speak the word. Say, speak the word. As it is written, you look in the scriptures, there's King James Version. I think there's like 80 times in there it says, as it is written. We've got to speak the word. We've got to speak the word. How many of you realize doctors, medical scientists, and researchers, they all realize how powerful the spoken word is? Do you realize that they know through medical research that, that the spoken word can change the situations in your body? They're coming up with this. Duh. Like we've known it from the word. <laughs> They're figuring it out. It's got to take a scientist. How many of you know God just confirm it through the scientist? <laughs> that the word works, that the spoken word creates, that the spoken word is powerful. Amen? See, they understand that it affects our central nervous system. James, I think, puts it this way. He says, if a man can control his tongue, he can control his whole body. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's powerful. You know, that's why I said the picture's worth a thousand words. The picture will speak to you in many ways. God uses that. Jesus himself used parables in many ways to create mental pictures so you could have an understanding, a greater understanding of the principles in the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. See, a ship is turned completely around by its rudder. It's controlled by its rudder. 180 degrees, 360 degrees. So we've got to start speaking the word. We've got to start speaking to that situation. You know, and I've had many preachers in this. If you've got a religious spirit, you, you, this is not going to sit good with you. But a lot, of, a lot of preachers say, you know, climbing a mountain. They sing songs about climbing a mountain. We've got to climb a mountain. There's nowhere in the word of God says you've got to climb a mountain. It said speak to that mountain. So we need to say we're going to speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Well, what are you doing? That's, that's not doing anything. Oh, really? I think it just moved. Because the word works. He said, we're not to climb the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. Say to the mountain, be thy removed. So you've got to get up in the morning. You've got to start speaking to that mountain. Some of you got a mountain of debt. Start speaking to that mountain of debt. Get them bills. Throw them down on the bed. Look at your desk. Go in there. Tatum and my, Tatum and I have done this. We've gone in and she's had it. She's like, Pastor, we got these bills. <laughs> been a few years i hope it taught her something we went in and said look look let's lay hands and we laid hands on that desk and we just started speaking to him lord this mountain's got to be moved lord i know you're going to provide lord i know you're the one that's going to move lord we just trust in you and we just laid hands on the desk and the bills and everything else and i don't know what happened how many years ago that was but god's moved amen, amen. so you got to continue to speak to that mountain and you got bills there now god's going to give you an idea pay this one off pay that one off pay this one off you just don't speak to the mountain and say god told me to throw them all in the trash can it does not work <laughs> God didn't say go shred them without paying them. Come on, somebody. <laughs> God, God didn't. It wasn't God. <laughs> it wasn't this God. It might have been your selfish, soulless nature, your unsurrendered soul. That's what it might have been. Um, but it wasn't God saying that. But God will say, okay. There's pressure there. But how are we going to relieve the pressure? Amen? And then you've got to be obedient to what God wants to do. See, how many of you realize that your tongue is powerful? We've got to turn our tongue towards speaking the word of God. We've got to turn our tongue towards speaking into people's lives in good ways. Come on, good ways. 
See, how does your tongue get your flesh out of a situation? Here's how the tongue gets your flesh out of a situation. It lies. It lies. I'm in a big situation. They lie. Your tongue lies. Doesn't it? You can get into a situation and your tongue will lie. You'll lie. Well, it's not your tongue doing it. It's you doing it too, but it uses your tongue. It'll lie. Another way, it'll criticize, condemn, complain. Well, I didn't like that. Your, your tongue's just being led by your flesh. Your tongue's being led by your unsurrendered soul. I mean, James talks so much about the tongue, and I know in the men's meetings that they've had the opportunity to, to listen to the book of James and read through the book of James and really study the book of James and have a greater understanding of how the tongue operates. See, the devil, he'll, he'll use our tongue to force defeat in your life. Well, but pastor, you don't know, I would rather tell them a little lie than to probably hurt them. Hmm. I think that's one of the biggest lies in the body of Christ. But you don't understand. I was talking to my brother, and instead of me really telling him the truth, the Bible says to tell the truth in love. See, we forget about the in love part, and we just tear them down. I told them. I told them the truth. Yeah, but what'd you do with them? You beat them down like a club with a head. But here's the thing, here's what, I want, here's what I'm saying about this, is a lot of times we'll lie. We'll lie, we'll lie, and we'll lie. And we get in deeper and deeper and deeper. There's some people that I know that have told so many lies, they think it's the truth. You know some people like that too, don't you? I paid you. No, no, you didn't pay me. <laughs> yeah, I paid you that $20 you owe me. No, no, I would have known that you paid me that $20 you owe me. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I saw you the other day, you know, and I paid you. No, 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 you didn't. Are you with me? See, or they'll complain, and it just makes it worse. You know, we need to be truthful with each other. And that's where I love you guys, because you allow me to be truthful with you. And you can say, you know, what about this? What about that? What about that? And I'm like, well, what about you doing? How much time are you spending in the Word? Uh, okay, Pastor, never mind. I'll see you later. <laughs> see what I mean? Are you praying about the situation? What has the Lord told you about this situation? Have you sought the Lord on the situation? A lot of times we do a lot of things and we say, yeah, I sought him. And God's up there going, "Mm -mm. Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, did you hear anything about that? (laughs) You know, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, you know, and the Holy Spirit's going, "Uh uh-uh, you didn't, you didn't seek me. You didn't seek me. Uh, I can't remember that conversation. Uh, when was that? Could you remind me? Could you tell me when we, that conversation was? Well, you know, I was driving down the street and said, Lord, what do you think? And I thought, and I got the answer. Go, 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 go. Are you with me? So we have to understand and we have to realize that. So we've got to learn how to speak the word. We've got to learn how to bring things out. We've got to learn how to correct some things. The soul wants to control your tongue. That's what I put down here. He said, so you'll lash out in anger. See, if you sow a seed of anger, what are you going to get back? 
finger. The Lord of the harvest will multiply it and give it back to you. Amen? If I sow corn, what am I getting back? Yeah. I'm not going to sow corn and expect watermelons. But a lot of times we do that, don't we? Huh? The Bible says if you want a friend, show yourself friendly. Just a thought. We've got to change some things. We've got to change what we say. Soul might tell you to scream at that person. You ever been at? I told you what to do! Like they can hear you any better. You know what I mean? You get close up to, I, I, you heard me! Um, you're in my face. A lot of times we don't. Wives, you can't do that with your husbands. I know they might need it. But loose the Holy Ghost on them. Say, God, you deal with them. Well, you know what? In fact, better yet, why don't you pull up the scripture? I think it's Proverbs 15.1. that says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15.1. In fact, I think it also says that a harsh answer stirs up anger. Ooh. You want to get into a fight? Just fight. She says something to you, just say something back. A little anger. You'll get into it. And you'll be calling us two or three weeks later or two years later. That's what happens. See, why do we only get phone calls when it's just about ready to end? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Somebody knows what I'm talking about. You know what it is? It's because it's a last-ditch effort. Okay, fine. Counseling, counseling. We'll go for counseling. I'm going to go for counseling. I'll call them. No, you call them. I don't want to go. You go. No, I want to go. You go. Well, when I wanted to go, she didn't want to go. And when she didn't want to go, I didn't want to go. So there it is. You know, I think we're going to have a trauma unit here. Huh? Well, you know, I mean, you know, just say okay. I mean, she says they do that. I understand that. But we might just have an area over here where, you know, like, you know, there's a trauma unit, trauma care center, you know, that you go to. I mean, these are just cases where they're just too bad for other doctors to handle. So they give them to those specialized ones, you know, that are used to putting all sorts of stuff back together. That's what we need to do there. It's like, okay. But you know what happens? Is that some people want to go into the trauma center for a day. Or a couple hours. Are you with me? Yeah. They say, well, fix me. Excuse me? It's kind of like wanting to lose weight in 10 days. Excuse me, but... I gained the 40 pounds, and it took me 20 years to do it. It may take a few years to get that 40 pounds back off and be able to keep it off. But no, we want this rub-me-genie God. See, because speaking the Word's not easy. Come on, somebody. Speaking the Word's not easy because your flesh says, I don't want to speak the Word. I don't want to get up. I don't want to quote a Scripture. I don't want to learn the Word. I don't want to say those things. And you've got to tell your flesh to shut up. I know I'm walking on hollow ground there. But that's just the way you've got to do it. Be quiet! You don't have a say-so here. And that's that soulish man. See, that spirit man's got to say, uh-uh. You've got to feed that spirit man. You've got to get him big enough. You've got to get him strong enough. You've got to get him to where he can, he can just knock out the soulish man. Excuse me? What'd you say? Bye. 
The Word says, I'm going to say a gentle answer. It's going to turn away wrath. I've had people, I mean, been in situations. You know, I told you about the lady that I had stepped on the ketchup and it went all over that lady in McDonald's. A gentle answer. I'm telling you, I could see it in her eyes. A gentle answer turned away wrath. I apologized. I humbled myself. Washed her car for three weeks. No, I didn't do that. But I did, I did humble myself before the Lord. I mean, when you're on your knees down there cleaning up ketchup in the McDonald's, you know, I mean, that's a pretty humbling experience. But it was all over her leg, but it was, a, it was a gentle answer that turned away wrath. It was when I said, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. She thought I did it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. Amen? So, see, we gotta, not only we got to do that, we've got to give people the benefit of the doubt, but we've got to learn to speak the word. Anyways, let, me give you, let me give you a solution. Here's the solution. You with me? Let's look at the word. Verse 13. Let's just get down to verse 13. It is written. Say that. It is written. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Now, he is referring to Psalms 116.10, where the psalmist said, I believe, therefore, I said. In other words, you believe something, you speak it. All of Oklahoma and the home of the red man shall be saved and transformed. We believe it and we speak it. All right? So we got, we got to understand that. He said, I, it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, here it is, now we got a spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. See, you speak what you believe. And we got a lot of double-minded Christians. We got a, double, a lot of double-minded faith Christians. They'll say faith in one breath and then they'll, yeah. It just swings back over. So let's look at this. Here's the solution. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. Verse 15. All this is for whose benefit? Your benefit. It's your benefit. We're going to believe and we're going to speak. And when the same spirit of faith that we believe, therefore we speak. And it's for your benefit. It's for you to benefit. Come on. You want to benefit in the Word of God? This is it. We've got to speak the Word. We've got to believe the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. And it'll go into, it'll go into action. He says, So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Hmm. Though outwardly we're wasting away, Isn't that the truth? Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. (laughs) I love that one. Hey, I don't know what's going on on the outside, but I know on the inside I'm being renewed day by day. Anybody else? I mean, although I may get older, I may look older, there's something going on with my physical body with age, but on the inside, I'm being renewed. Oh, come on, somebody. On the inside, there's things changing. There's a stirring that's going on. Spiritually, on the inside, there's some things that are taking place. He says, though outwardly outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and (laughs) momentary troubles. Oh, man, how many times you get in a situation, you're thinking, oh, my word, this is going to last forever. Oh, it's been going on a long time. How long? Two weeks. Oh, but you don't understand how long has it been going on? You know, day and a half. I've been wrestling with the enemy. How long? You know, half an hour. 
Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us, listen, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is seen. Excuse me, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. We've got to start seeing things in the spiritual realm. We've got to fix our eyes on what you can't see in the natural. See, we're not, we're not Missouri. We're not the show me state. Missouri, show me. I think Thomas was from Missouri. He was like, show me. I don't believe Jesus is still alive. Show me. Jesus stepped through the wall and said, here, Thomas, put your hand in my side. Put your hand in my hand right there. See that? Feel that hole? That was where that spike went in. Didn't feel too good. How about this? That's where my spear went in. Stick your finger right in there. What do you think Thomas was going, oh, man, it's cool. Some of us would be. We'd go, oh, man, that is cool. How does that do that? Jesus probably had a conversation with Thomas and said, you'll get a glorified body like mine. Amen. You can walk through walls. We can sit down and eat fish together. I sure am hungry. That's what he did. He ate with the disciples after he walked through the wall. Come on, somebody. We've got to read the word. He says, that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and for what unseen is eternal. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me read to you the Amplified Version real quick. Verse 15, he says, For all these things are taking place for your sake, so that the more grace, divine favor, and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multitudes through the many, the more thanksgiving may increase to the glory of God. Verse 16, Therefore, do not become discouraged. Paul admonishes us and says, Don't become discouraged. See, there's a lot of discouragement in the body of Christ. God's just not doing what he said he'd do. Say what? He just may not be doing what he said he'd do in your timing. You try to put it in your scale, on your time, on your clock watch. Okay, God, I'm going to pray. I want, uh, I can't do that, Lord. How many times do we ever set aside time for God? And I'm preaching to me just as well I'm preaching to you. We can set aside time and we can go to a ball game. Okay? I like ball games, probably like them more than most of everybody in here. But there's times where we've got to set aside time. How many times in the middle of halftime of a game, you know, God might begin to speak to you, and you just have a little fellowship time with the Holy Spirit, but the second half's fixing to start. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Second half's fixing to start. I got something wrong with my clothes? <sighs> I'm talking about living a stress-free life. (laughs) Yeah, I want you all not to be stressed if there's a string on my suit. Don't stress. It's okay. (laughs) We're going to live a stress-free life. And we've got to do it by speaking the Word. We've got to speak the Word of God. We've got to call those things God did. He's called those things that be not as though they were. He saw darkness and he said, let there be light. One of the things that I won't go into, I'll teach at another time, but also it was a very, it was a spoken word of permission. He said, let there be. Let there be. God's wanting to speak into you and he's saying, Let there be holiness found in your life. Let there be good things found in you. 
Let your words be tempered sweetness. Let there be truth in your speech. Let there be truth in your life as you walk and live for God. So we've got to learn to speak the word. Amen? Say, speak the word. So we've got to understand that how do we get out of this trouble? We, we see where they speak, spoke the word. I believe, therefore, I have spoken. See, look at the word says and not what your circumstances are. Look at what the word says and not what your circumstances are. I don't know if I can ever lose weight. I've been trying to lose this same weight for the same 10 pounds for the past 10 years. That's not what the word says. It says when you fix your eyes upon him, when you set your eyes on things or the, your mind on the things of the spirit, you'll have what the spirit desires. And you, you, he, God wants to give you what you desire. You want to lose 10 pounds and then get focused and lose that 10 pounds. Come on, somebody. Look at what the Word says about your situation. You're broke, busted, and disgusted. Is that what the Word says? The Word says He delights in the prosperity, the well-being of His servant. That's more than just financially. That's in every area and every relationship in our lives. Amen? Fix our eyes what is not on what is seen, but what is unseen. So let me go through those real quick. Identify the enemy. Know that we will have times of trouble and speak the word. And there's one more I want you to write in down there. Number four, praise. Say praise. I'm going to finish with this scripture, 61, Isaiah 61, 3. Would you put that up? See, because if we're going to live a stress-free life, then we've got to realize and identify this is, this is not coming from God. How many of you know God draw, draw, dried up the brook? Where Elijah was at because he wouldn't move on. He wouldn't move on without it. Hmm. Hmm. So you got to identify. It's coming from the enemy. i got to get that out of my life. I'm going to have some trouble. There's going to be some difficulty. Yes, there is. Isaiah 61.3 says, Bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. Here it is. And a garment of praise. Instead of a spirit of heaviness. That's why we're loose in praise in this place. You got somebody that's depressed? Just bring them next Wednesday night. You depressed? Yeah, I don't feel real good. Come with me. I'm coming to get you. 6.30. We're going to go in here, bring them right up front, and let them start dancing. I got news for you. You know what will happen? Because the word of God says when you put on the garment of praise, it overcomes the spirit of heaviness. Woo! Make my liver shiver. Give me them Holy Ghost goosebump flash. Amen? Stand to your feet a moment. Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen? Come on, y'all just give Him some praise. Hallelujah, we praise you in this place today, God. We thank you for what you're doing. So how do we live a stress-free life? You've got to take these things and you've got to put it to your life. You cannot, be, you cannot be a person that is not a doer of the Word. James says that we're to be doers of the Word. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a doer. Turn to your other neighbor and say, be a doer. You know, we've got to be a doer of the Word of God. How do I do that? i just got to start. Get you some scriptures together. We have got a table over here that we have kind of given you a, a boost. There's a table over here to the south. Is that right, Jerry? South. And there are scriptures there for some things that you are believing God for, that you may be doing or overcoming in your life. Take those scriptures Get them inside of you. Start speaking them forth because that's what's going to change your life. Amen? Let's just pray right now. In fact, let's just lift our hands to the Lord a moment. 
God will just free you of some stuff. Father, I thank you for just freeing of us some stuff today. I thank you for freeing the chains that have bound us and kept us back. Lord, I thank you that we are going to live a stress-free life. Say, I am, in the name of Jesus, going to live a stress-free life. Father, I thank you that we confess. You know, there's many that don't even believe it. That say, you don't understand the stress I'm going through right now. I wish you'd finish up so I could go home. That's why we're teaching this, so you can get this. And Lord, we are going to live a stress-free life. You want us. So you know to know that there's some things that are coming in our lives. There's things that we're dealing with. But Lord, I thank you that though we may have pressure, that we're not crushed. We're not destroyed. We're not abandoned. I thank you, Lord God, for that. I thank you for your word. We believe the word in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Hey, real quick, prayer teams.